Well done, mate. Yeah. Always, always got to remember. Always got to remember. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I suppose birthdays are that thing, aren't they? Um, at the moment, I mean, my wife doesn't listen to this show, so uh, I will say that I am planning something big and special for her 40th because the amount of hints that she's placed that I need to do something, fair enough. Uh, but when she turns around and says, well, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, send the kids away to <laughs> any literally anyone else who will take them for an evening. Uh, I want to order in a Chinese. Uh, I want to just watch a movie. doesn't have to be a good movie, just any movie. Uh, and just have a quiet house for 24 hours. That's all I want. I don't want a present. I don't want celebration. I don't want to see people. It's just you, me, movie, and a nice takeaway. That's all I care about. You know. Perfect. Yeah, that's the way I need to celebrate 40 years on this planet. <laughs> I don't need anything. Um, but yeah, whereas on the flip side, I'm just losing my mind trying to organise people and everything for her birthday. And uh God, why do, why are people so demanding? It's crazy. <laughs> um, speaking of demanding, I've forced you to watch Extinction. I'm very sorry. Yes, I've got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You've made me watch Extinction twice. <laughs> and I, I don't think so, that. In fact, you made me watch two episodes twice. <laughs> Extinction was bad enough. Yeah. And then you watched them Rajin twice. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. And I, I not only did that, but I did that on your birthday week. Like, That's right. I thought you were a friend, mate. I, did. I know. I thought you were a mate, but... Sorry. Yeah. I, I took a turd, I put it in a box, I wrapped it up, and I gave it to you with a little Star Trek emblem on the front. And I'm really sorry, man. I'm really sorry. <laughs> if this is the end of the friendship, I'm, you know, <laughs> it's been a great ride. It's been a long road, and I've enjoyed every second. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, this is going to be... This going to be awful, isn't it? Um... <laughs> I mean, they are so awful, and yes. they kind of bleed together. Yeah, I I don't mind if we just sort of re- just record back to back. We'll use our invites and just talk about all the episodes. We'll do a review after each one we're done, but we'll just bleed into the next one, and we'll kind of do that with the podcast. So the two episodes will be released separately, week apart, yep. but it will just sort of bleed into the next one. We won't finish at extinction. We'll just carry on because they do sort of link in that there's a mention of it the next week yeah it's a very tenuous link but at least it gets us through the episode nice and quick and we don't have to talk about them ever again yeah makes sense yeah okay fair enough um right okay space time the ever-expanding frontier these are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temple Trek podcast. We are in season three, episode 55 of the podcast and season three, episode three of Enterprise. We are in extinction. And I say we because I'm not alone. I am, of course, joined by. You're joined by Dan, who is uh, an angry man because of this. 
<laughs> but you are doing by Dan, and and between us, we are. Dan. And the jingle goes in. Uh, as I've been saying to people on Twitter, it just helps with editing when I, that goes in because now I know the episode can start. Um, yeah, extinction. Um, I'm just so yes. sorry. Uh, you know, I'm going to leave in that previous bit we were just talking about because, yeah, I'm just so sorry. I am really sorry. I'm really, 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 really sorry. This, I think, might be my seventh. Where you had okay. the seventh last season, this is yep. possibly my lowest ebb. Um, I, I can't quite decide whether seventh and is worse than extinction or, or the other way around. Because, okay, I mean, yeah. at yeah. least the seventh, the events in the seventh give us the idea that Topol had this secret spy history that allows us to uh, bribe a Klingon officer so that Archer gets out of judgment. She uh, manages to talk down a couple of different alien races in different episodes using kind of, uh, you know, the, the Vulcan uh, kind of uh, security institute as like a, a, a kind of bluff. Um, so it has an impact. Whereas this episode maybe okay. In the episode, there's a little bit more going on than the seventh, but yep. it doesn't seem to have any bearing on anything. Your thoughts? No. Um, yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you. Actually, I think you might you might be right. I think is it a worse episode than the seventh? It's a really tough one because <laughs> I think in some ways it is. It's awful, mm. but it is a better story within itself. Mm. There's more action. <laughs> true. Very true. Um, but it is pretty bad. So it's it's right up there. It's right up there, yeah. <laughs> it's so disappointing as well, isn't it? Because, you know, season three, season-long arc, and then what they do in the third episode, I think it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And already they, they they sort of give up on that. Yeah. Put this sort of pointless filler in there. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's yeah. We, we, mm. will, we will talk about it, but... Yes. See, now... Back. I thought they were trying to be clever in right. that maybe by calling it extinction, they are telling the audience this is the episodic format and it is now extinct. This <laughs> is what would happen if we carried on doing episodic work and look how terrible it is. Now we are not <laughs> going to do this anymore. Um, that was my only thought that that's why they made this because I just cannot think what, what they were going for. Right. Now there are events that happen next week in next week's episode that I thought, well, oh, maybe this was why extinction happened and that there's more to it. As it turns out, nothing actually gets said, nothing actually gets alluded to. There is no real reason for it. But headcanon, next week, you'll hear my thoughts in, in Rajin as to why I think this episode happens. But we'll go from that uh, when we get there. But uh, we open up at zero minutes and zero seconds as we locate the point in time, or at least attempt to, because at no point in this episode do they give us a freaking date. <sighs> just trying to remember, we're working in a time frame here. <laughs> uh, there's some guy just running away. He looks panicked and he's trying to get away from people with flamethrowers. And we go to the credits. That's it for the intro. <laughs> Your thoughts on the opening? Did it at least try you know, make you think, oh, this could be a good one? Um, I suppose in a way it's quite a dramatic opening, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, I thought the um the flamethrowers were a bit strange. Mm-hmm. I suppose you have to destroy the body or something. I don't know, but I don't think they even did that though because they find the body later on, don't they? Yeah. So it's not like they've completely obliterated the 
the thing, is it? It's, so, yeah, I don't know. There's flamethrowers. And they didn't seem to be very effective flame flamethrowers to me. They were a bit bit naff, really. <laughs> They're the equivalent of, you know, when you took an old Lynx can and put a lighter in front of it. Yeah, That's exactly. all they look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there was something in the design of their makeup and the, having the green lights that made me think mm. of that Rogue Planet episode when we oh, had yeah. the Hunters. Yep. I was thinking, oh, is this a you know a comeback of this? You know, are, are they bringing the hunters back? And actually, there's going to be something about an extinction, and they've actually hunted another species uh, to extinction. Yeah. And I thought, oh, maybe it's a callback, uh, because, like I say, Enterprise is the one that I've not really remembered as best as I could, probably yep. should. I have watched every episode of Star Trek now, as of this date, um, but this one i don't really quite remember enterprise is always the one that i have bad recall on so i was wondering oh did they make a, a callback turns out they didn't uh but you know at that moment watching this intro uh, again i thought oh maybe there is something interesting here and i've completely forgotten about it and blanked it turns out i was right in the first place um <laughs> we go on into uh, sexy trek uh, it's straight into the trip to pole uh, titillation uh, work that they're trying to do in Enterprise. At least with this one, uh, he's bringing some Georgia peaches, and <laughs> that uh, he he talks about his feet being ticklish. Yeah, um, <laughs> big eye rolls. Basically, I haven't got round to showing this to Nathan yet. Uh, yep. I'm looking forward to getting his idea on what's actually going to happen. If I manage to sit him down and record any kind of reactions, I will. I imagine he's going to like the flamethrower a bit, but not like yep. this bit. Yep. Um, uh, and as I said before in previous episodes, we're going to sort of move through as well. So after Sexy Trek, we then get to Paul called down to the command center. We learn that there are an arboreal species of the Zindi. There's a the last planet they visited, and that's the only reason we're going to go there. There is literally no other reason why we go to this planet. Um, they just detect some metallic signatures on the whole planet. Yep. Like there's one thing on this whole planet. Uh, no biosignatures. And they go down there uh, in a shuttle. Uh, they go down and find another shuttle, which looks suspiciously like the time travel pod from the Cold <laughs> Front episode that's oh, been, yeah. just been redone a little bit. Um, oh, we've never seen anything like this. Well, you did about a year ago. I'm sorry, but you've got really bad memory again, Reed. Um, bodies are found, like you say, and uh, Reed doesn't care for the tropics. Any thoughts up to this point in all those scenes? Mm, I mean, sexy trick. Oh, I mean... Why? Just why? That it's just. I'm not. Do you know what? No, I'm not going to say it because <laughs> we've been there before. And the other stuff. I mean, that was okay. I suppose it was typical sort of setup of a Star Trek episode. Land mm -hmm. on a planet, a mystery is there. Away we go. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only reason the peaches are brought in is because we need a DNA sample later. So at least I suppose these sexy Trek episodes have some like bearing on something. Um, but you know, just like in what we will see in TNG in many years to come, find a hairbrush. Surely there's a yes. DNA sample in there. Just hmm. don't know why I'm saying that. But there we go. Um, yeah, it just it's a pretty standard setup. You know, it takes about 10 minutes to get to the point of actually finding bodies on this planet. Yeah. They find the bodies and then don't think, hmm, maybe we should, you know, step a little bit back. There's some dead people, there's been fire, uh, crash shuttles. Maybe put an EV suit on. They still don't do it. 
I mean, again, just two years ago, they went down to a planet. They started freaking out because the atmosphere was making them see things. They didn't think about it. Um, Vulcan physiology becomes stronger yes. and she's infected, but she doesn't quite turn. Reed is the first to go because, of course, it's Reed. Uh, yes. Not that anyone would notice any different. Um, <laughs> he's got a clicky tongue now. That's pretty much yep. the only thing that's different about Reed. And I'm thinking they're going for this werewolf kind of thing, like a motif to it, because there was a bit where Archer looks up at the moon and his eyes sort of go sort of bright blue. And I was wondering if they were going to go for a werewolf type episode or if that's the the direction they were trying to show the audience. Like we're going for a season arc, but we're also going to try and introduce genuine horror and that this was their first sort of stab at it. Just any thoughts on... Mm. The transformation, were they going for something maybe like horror with this episode? Um, I suppose sort of. I hadn't really thought about that. That hadn't occurred to me, but it was a very quick transformation. That's one mm. thing I noticed. It was very quick, wasn't it? Mm. Um, and then they sort of speak. And it, I listened watching it last night, and it's like it sounded very Star Warsy. Yeah. There, it was a bit, and I can't. I, I meant to look at it this morning, and I forgot. But there's one line that almost sounds like it's been nicked direct from Star Wars. <laughs> and then, you know, and it was just this the whole that the acting again. I don't know if, what happened, but it was like it was like a sort of A level drama class. You've been looking at my notes. That's exactly what I've got written down here. (laughs) It's like the sixth formers have gone nuts. They've had this idea for ages. Now they really want to show off to the teacher. And the teacher's just sitting there going, what the hell is this? You're just clicking your tongue and... Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. That's it. That's all it is. (laughs) That's exactly what I had written down. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, No, it's true. And there's some really odd posturing... The way yeah. that um, Hoshi kind of holds herself, she looks like, you know, like if there was a Karen, I want to see the manager. She's kind of like got this head tilt thing going on. <laughs> and very, very strange. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just overacting the whole way through. It is really <laughs> like, it's like, you know, that one of those sort of sessions they run where, you know, you have to um, become a like, become a seaweed or something, or, you know, you have to sort of <laughs> become a... a a mountain lion, you know, do you know what I mean? And, and sort of <laughs> just, oh. Okay, everybody, it's Halloween. We need to make yeah. uh, everybody into werewolves. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, Reed, over there, you have to uh, uh, sort of show off that you're not actually the dominant male, so you're going to slink back and you're not actually going to get the food you really want. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. I mean, Scott Bakula seemed to be really going for it. Yeah. Whatever he was doing, he really seemed to be in it. So I'm wondering if he actually does enjoy this episode because it was something different. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, before we move on, just to point out, Travis had something to do. He was in the captain's chair. Did oh, you yes. notice? He was sat no, there. Oh, was he? I, you know, mm. I didn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> who, who is Travis? Sorry. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Sorry. We met him, I think, last year. Or at least the beginning of this year, or sometime, yeah. He seems like a really good character. I think we'll, we'll get to know him really well. Um, but he actually he had the captain's chair for all of two seconds, and then they told him to get out of orbit. So they think he got out, and then he had to fly off the ship. 
Um, uh, back on the Enterprise, there's a briefing. Uh, they've got one Vulcan biosign and three other biosigns. And Phlox makes the biggest jump in logic <laughs> I think I've ever seen him do. Um, but he does try and justify it by saying, you know, maybe the laws of physics, you know, work like the laws of biology in this expanse. It's all different. And this, again, I thought they were maybe going for something here. Maybe they were going to explain the Zindi this way. Actually, the reason there's five species is that there is this weird biological thing in the expanse. Just, yeah, yeah, doesn't make any sense. Then we go back on the planet. They're trying to find this Urquat thing. Urquat. And they still, yeah, Urquat. Um, <clears throat> we get rancid coconuts full of worms. Oh, God, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what was that? What were the yeah. actors actually eating? That's what I yeah. want to know. Like, is it like jelly goop that had like worms baked in? I don't know. Very weird. Um, another sh- another shuttle pod comes down, and the Makos and Trip arrive in EV suits. So, hey, they learnt from their lesson. Um, although, almost, I thought Trip was going to get infected as well because uh, yeah. they start bashing his uh, his screen and it starts chipping. So I thought maybe they were going to go that route as well. But they didn't. Um, we get a nighttime red vision of what the creatures mm. can see or what the altered crew can see. Um, all of this, again, it, that sort of horror thing, but it really isn't going anywhere. Uh, at this point, it's already 20 minutes into the episode of a 42-minute episode. And our crew have changed, and that's yep. it. And there's something called Urquat. That's all we've learned at this point. Any thoughts on halfway through the episode? Well... The main thought is that having you you read sort of reading out the um, scene by scene realizes that when I say I've watched this episode, <laughs> I think maybe the episode was on while I was in the same room is maybe a better because I don't remember the red stuff and I don't really remember I don't remember Trip being attacked, so I've obviously blanked this quite badly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I really don't blame. You. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe you were altered as well. Maybe there is some maybe, mutagenic yes. virus that comes through yes. the TV that makes people forget this episode. Because yes. surely this needs to be in the top 10 of the worst episodes. And again, not that many people seem to talk about it. Whenever we go on social media, it's always Threshold or it's yep. always uh, Code of Honor, for obvious reasons, yep. um, and lots of other episodes. But Extinction always seems to get forgotten. It's almost like it's if they do in the top 10, it's number 11. So no one ever talks about it. Yeah, and I yeah, actually I think, think it's right. way worse than some of those ones. I do. I think I think you're right. I mean, I think with like um, Code of Honor, mm. I, I haven't watched it for a long, long time, so I can't really say whether it was a a decent story or not. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with Code of Honor and some of the other ones is the the treatment of of people and the treat you know the treatment. Mm. The story itself maybe isn't a bad story, mm. but this is a bad story. Yeah. So it, you know, it's not offensive, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, I suppose, is a positive for it. <laughs> but it's a very bad episode. It it's really right is. up there. I think you're right. Mm. I think I think it, you're absolutely right. It just seems like a waste of forty-two minutes. Yeah, when they could I have agree. been, as you said. Yeah. But this is the bizarre doing the thing. arc. We're going to talk about Rajin, um, obviously, in our next episode. And for me, the one sort of what's the word I'm looking for? The one sort of thing that it gets away with is the fact that it does push the story forward. Mm-hmm. That's its one sort of good thing about it. Whereas this doesn't, and it seems like such a cop out to me. It's so frustrating that yep. three episodes into a season long arc, they drop this bottle episode in. 
not even a bottle episode because they're on a planet and stuff, but you know, this sort of episode where nothing goes on, mm-hmm. nothing pushes the story forward at all. As you say, the only sort of nod to that is the fact that the Zindi were there previously. Yeah. That's it. But that doesn't, you know, there's nothing, they don't discover anything. They don't find out anything really. It's, yeah. It, so I think it's right up there. I think, um, yeah, I think um, it's right up there in the worst episodes. Yeah. 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 Easily. Um, at this point, two ships arrive, kind of rhino looking. And I don't know if you really sort of got, took a look at it, but the ships have kind of like this horn structure at the front. And then when we meet the alien captain, there is like this solid line. It's again, yes. it's a bit of prosthetics just yeah. glued to someone's forehead, but it's sort of like a rhino line that goes almost all the way to the top of the cranium. Um, and I don't know, just, it kind of looked like they were going for like a jungle vibe to the whole episode mm. because of down on the planet, you've got the tropic sort of element yeah. to it. So they were going to go for, you know, horror animalistic thing yep. for the whole episode their um armor is sort of shell like like they've got the shell thing yep. on the back really weird design uh the captain uh captain exposition i will call him because he does explain literally everything that we need to know to further the plot uh, in a moment uh but he's actually someone i know he's an actor that i know from another show called continuum okay. another time travel show really well worth a look um but it's about a time cop who gets sent back to our time uh, to sort of fix as mercenaries are going back in time to kind of change the future. Um, a really good episode. And he's one of the lead mercenaries that goes back and one of the people she has to go and stop. Um, really good series. And unfortunately, I think it got uh, cancelled, I think. so. Off off subject, mm. but talking to time travel things, have you seen Travellers? No, is, that's the one where they Ooh, go into you people, You need to watch it? that, mate. You, you'd really mm. enjoy that. Mm. I thought it was very good. This is yeah. completely off topic, but you just made me think. It's fine. It's got to be better than Extinction. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it's a really good series, actually. I think mm. this is three seasons, maybe two or three mm. seasons. Really good. They're yeah. like a, they're, from the uh, adverts I've seen, they're like a team, aren't they? And they go into yes, the minds right, yeah. of other people yeah. from the past. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. Be right up your street. I think it's. I think it was really good. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm moving that up the list because yeah. I'll watch that more than I have to watch this episode. That's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, they've been studying the virus for sixty years. Yes. But Flox is already halfway to a cure <laughs> after twenty four hours. Uh, yes, I, I noticed that. Although, to be fair to to Flox, maybe, maybe because of Topol, uh, maybe they haven't had anyone that's immune yet. Good thinking. So maybe to be fair to to flocks, that's maybe the breakthrough they needed. Mm. But I agree, sixty See, years. I mean, that's what I was thinking. Maybe if they come back, we've already established that there's an arboreal Zindi who's visited this planet. Presumably, they torched him. But yep. you thought maybe they took some samples, and this arboreal was also immune to the mm. virus. And they've said they've come back because they've been working on a cure as well. And then if they'd written in that Phlox and this alien were working together, I think it could have been a better episode because you could bring these aliens as an ally in the expanse. You could have them come back in future episodes like you helped us out. We're going to help you out now and make it more, you know, uh, more impactful so that this episode actually establishes enterprises making allies in the expanse. You know, they're going to need more than one ship to be able to take on an entire race like the Zindi if they are a threat. Um, I actually thought that's where they were going to go with it. And again, don't think they do. 
And again, I'm operating on hazy memory here from what I think of season three, and I don't seem to remember these aliens coming back. No, I don't think so. No. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, of course, is that the second Enterprise could have come and said, look, don't go to that planet because you'll get infected. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Why didn't we have something else? Or, or have something in the episode where the second Enterprise masks what it's doing, but we're seeing it as the audience, mm. as the, the godlike perspective on the show. And that they help them in some way. Um, I yeah, that would have been so much better. Bring in E squared. Ah, oh, now I hate this episode even more. Oh. <laughs> um, we actually stop at 24 minutes and 30 seconds uh, for a dream sequence, uh, which is all of a minute long because we come back at 25 minutes and 39 oh, yeah. seconds. Uh, I didn't watch it, obviously. Mm, yep. Yeah, I did, but it's just. Um, <laughs> Urquhart is a city apparently yeah he saw it in the dream um but it's unreachable because it's all been destroyed uh captain exposition then tells us this again when we're back up on the enterprise so we've wasted five minutes learning the same bit of information twice uh almost like watching this episode twice um they can't risk an epidemic they will shoot them out the sky bit of yep. you know back off you know yep. stay away trip say no we can't do that he remembers that there's peaches that she took a bite of, though there's some DNA samples in that. Another bit I completely missed. I forgot. I, did, I don't know how that happened because I have no <laughs> recollection of that whatsoever. <laughs> and in an entire room that she's lived in in two years, yeah. he only thought the peaches would have DNA yeah. samples on them. Not her clothes. Yeah. Not a hairbrush. Not bedding. No, no beds, no. nothing. No. Uh, you know, maybe even the statue of Serac. Maybe she yeah. prayed to it and touched it. You know, I don't know. Uh, or the doctor on board who's he'd been treating her for that virus. Remember, she had a virus last season and he's got loads of details on file that are maybe a few samples here and there to work from. Yeah, I actually thought, again, they were going to cure her virus this way. But again, they don't go that way either. Uh uh, back on the planet, they're hunting them. They go back and forth. They take out the guys with the flamethrowers. Uh, there was a, a scene sort of reminiscent of the breach because it's just, uh, you know, going through caves, but it's just running through forests oh, yes. instead. Where it's basically they're just one after the other. Yep. Um, yep. That's all. Uh, that's the only thing I, as far as a callback as I could think of to uh, season two. I think at this point as well, this is this is where the acting is getting even more. Oh yeah, over the top, and all, and and the way they're like, um, quat, quat, yeah, just so like, oh god, and they're all sort of like creepy and sort of, they're like really bad extras on um, the new Planet of the Apes, <laughs> sort of like you know, jump, it's just like really bad. Uh, it really is. It's so bad. They're like, oh uh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, is over there. <laughs> Very strange. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they go down. They take out the flamethrower guys. The, the Makos shoot those guys. They get back in the shuttle, fly back. The Rhino ships do nothing to shoot at the shuttle on the way up. Mm. And it's clearly established yep. it takes minutes yep. for this shuttle to come back up. Do yeah. something then uh enterprise warps off there's a bit more shooty shooty as there's a bit of a chase down um yeah some nothing we haven't seen a million times before on this show um but they go away because they've got a new ally because all of a sudden 
and Archer just trots out the the lift, and he's just saying, yes. "I'm fine, everything's okay." Why are you attacking my ship? <laughs> <laughs> so weird. But yeah. again, this guy didn't meet him. They could literally brought anyone out yeah. from the turbo lift and said, "This yeah, is actually the captain." Yeah, he was suffering. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, they could have got Jimmy, the the ensign, down on deck three just to come up and look like the captain for a little bit, put a uniform on. It's like, oh no, this is Captain Archer. He looked exactly like one of those alien species, but that here he is. He's perfectly fine again. Oh God, say hello, Jimmy. Uh, hello, Jimmy. I mean, Jonathan. Uh, uh, <laughs> just so weird. Um, uh, Reed is still licking his lips at the idea of moth larvae instead of uh, eating anything that yes. Chef can give him. Which again is not really a change. I don't think. I don't think you know. I think he probably has. You know, a bit of moth larvae every so often, you know. <laughs> but that, you see, I would like that to carry through three season three, that he just changes his diet yes. completely. And actually, when he yeah. sees the insectoids coming on the ship, he's like, mm, that looks really nice. Whoa. His mouth starts watering <laughs> at the insectoids being on board. It's like just he's nuzzling on nah, 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 one of their arms. Um, <laughs> just something, just so that it makes this episode have some impact for the rest of season three. Um Papa Archer is back. He's caring for Reed and sends yes. him off to go to bed, uh, only to be then presented with the virus that Phlox assumes that Archer wants to destroy. Mm. And we get our only bit of Star Trekiness, like a debate yes. about if we destroy this, we are destroying a civilization. And the only thing I can think that this episode has in the whole season three arc is that Archer isn't too far gone. That despite saying to okay. Trip, we'll do whatever it takes. He is still yes. willing to save a civilization and not doom it to extinction. And that it's their way as writers to tell the audience that Archer may make some really difficult decisions, but essentially he is still a nice guy. He's still what Starfleet will become, that he won't go too far in destroying an entire civilization to get what he wants. That's the literally the only thing I can mine out of 42 minutes of wasted time that has any bearing on season three. And I was wondering if, you had any ideas on what they were trying to do with this 42 minutes? You know what? I honestly don't know what they're trying to do out of 42 <laughs> minutes. I really don't. It's, you know, if it was in season two, I could understand it. Mm -hmm. It would make sense. It would be just be another clunky episode in season two. But to drop it in, in the third episode, I mean, there's, there's obviously, I was thinking about this, there's um, North Star coming up. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like North Star. <laughs> I'm a bit of a fan of Star Trek Western episodes. Mm -hmm. And it does exactly the same thing. But I enjoy it. I think I enjoy it much more. I haven't watched it for a while, so we'll find out when we get to it. <laughs> but I can allow, you know, it, and, and that further on in the season, a dropping in like a sort of little bottle episode, a little sort of, a little sort of um, detour. Mm -hmm. I can understand in the third episode of the season, it's just inexcusable to me that they, you know, not only is it an awful episode, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a way, as you say, it's a waste of an episode. It just is, you know, even if it was a good story in a way, it'd be an, a waste mm -hmm. because, you know, the whole point is that you've just come into this new season. You know, you want to get the, the te ramp the tension up. You want to get the story moving forward. You want to get it, you know, people invested in this 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 search for the Zindi and stuff. And then they just drop this in. And it's like, <laughs> why did you do that? So yeah, it's it's inexcusable to me. Mm. 
And they didn't even take the chance to, like, there's a species that live in the expanse. So presumably they've crossed a Zindi once or twice, not just to torch them, but mm. they've actually met Zindi. So yeah. in exchange yeah, yeah. for the cure, yeah. they get a bit of information about this, yeah. I don't know, uh, some mercenary guy who met a Zindi once, and that yeah. furthers into the next episode. Yeah. And even though we've wasted most of the episode on this weird thing, they get a sense of the next point of the adventure. But it doesn't really even do that. Like There is nothing that I can remember. Now, again, I'm probably forgetting one line in some episode in six time, you know, six weeks time where it alludes back to this. And I really hope that there is something and we've, I've just forgotten it, but I really doubt it. I do um, too. <laughs> um, so that's it. We've located the episode. There is no timestamps. We have no idea when this happened or if this happened. Maybe it was a bad dream. Who knows? I really hope it was. And then we can just ignore this. So that's locate the point in time. Uh, we move on to consequences. <laughs> Question whether it addresses the consequences. The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer. But learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. <laughs> is this episode consequential in any way? Uh, I think we may have discussed this already, but no, it's not. There is nothing I can think of that matters from this. Unless, and again, we'll come back to it in Regine next week, there's talk of bioweapons. Now, does that canister, as a mutagenic virus, come back in that respect? Does it inform Phlox's decision-making in some way? I'm thinking maybe. Again, this is a temporal trek. It hasn't been mentioned in the episode. This is our headcanon. Maybe yep. it teaches flocks on how viruses work in the expanse. I don't know, but you know, okay. maybe that's got a consequence. Maybe. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, alterations, expansions. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to come back for or anything you would like to see changed about this episode? Yeah, make a better episode. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> make an episode which continues the arc. Yeah. That's, you know, even if you're going to do this episode, ensure in some way that it continues the arc. Mm-hmm. I can't even be bothered to think about what to change in this episode. I just no, you know, just yep. no, no. I thought extinction. We've already established that the Zindi think the humans are going to wipe them out. Mm-hmm. Maybe they meet the Arboreal, who's crash landed on this planet. We kind of get to befriend him, as Archer has always done throughout season two and season one. Uh, and we learned that actually this arboreal thinks he's going to be extinct or his race are going to be extinct because of humans. And actually it just shows us Archer is, you know, and does what I thought they were trying to do with the end of the episode. The Archer won't go too far. That he saves this arboreal's life. And then they send the arboreal on his way to try and convince as like an arbiter for them, um, you know, to stand up for them maybe, uh, or use this new ally. They now travel with them or they are their contacts during the expanse and they are a, a spy network who or maybe Topol could run as a former spy herself, alluding to the seventh. Who knows? Uh, Do you know yeah. what? I think you've given this too much thought, mate. <laughs> I'm still in that little writer's box. You know what I'm, I'm doing? I'm just not bothered. I'm just, I couldn't be bothered to think about it. Topol's a spy. Use it. Use it. Do it. <laughs> Shut up, Dan. Um, yeah, that's it. That's alterations and mentions. Um, so recommendations. I think I know where this is going. 
Guard me, mateys. What did you think of the story? From my perspective. That's one way of looking at it. I'm going to recommend it. Guard me, mateys. Um, I'm gonna gonna sort of sit on the fence. Okay. Saying no. Fair enough. Is it, a, is it a fence on fire from the flamethrower? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not. Right. No, I mean, it's a good example of what Star Trek does badly sometimes. It is, yes. By throwing an episode that has it no is. consequence whatsoever. Um, and to non-Star Trek fans, do we would we bring um, someone in brand new with this? I'm going to, again, I'm going to hedge my bets and say no. It's got flamethrowers, so I think my son Nathan will Your probably like be sold. It, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe he'll think, oh, you know, there's something more going. If he's finally got the slime monsters, really. When you think of all the the goop that they were digging out yep. of those uh, oh, coconuts, gosh, yeah. maybe, maybe. Uh, but no, I just I cannot see anything that is redeeming about this episode for a new fan coming in, thinking that this is what Star Trek's going to yeah, bring them. Absolutely, yeah. It's a bit of a but, letdown, yeah. especially if they watch the last few weeks. So uh, that's it for recommendations. We've got through an episode in less than half an hour. We have. Uh, that tends to tell you what we think about yes, this, really, yeah. uh, despite what we've just said for the last half an hour as well. Um, so that's it. All that remains is to set up next week's episode, which will sort yep. of bleed in. There is something about this episode that will bleed in next week, but we'll see how that goes. Um, tell people where they can find you, Dan. They can find me on Twitter, or at the moment they can find me on Twitter, because who knows, in the next mm. week or so it might explode. That's very um, true. They can also find me on Mastodon. Yes. I have no idea what my um, my thing is on Mastodon, but I'm there. I've got about ten followers now, and I'm a happy man. That's um, it. So yes, in future, Twitter just for those of you who are listening to this in the next ten years or so was a, a really really great thing that loads of people used, and then some dickhead decided to ruin it, um, <laughs> and then it died. It's extinct. It's extinct. It's, it's going it's extinct. extinct. Yes. <laughs> Oh, well, if they'd done this episode, alterations, sorry, going back on that, alterations, yeah. what if they'd done it as like an entire society that had got a social media platform and it just went extinct and they just didn't know what to do with themselves. And Urquot was the social media app. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And and that social media app allows them to find profiles of some of the Zindi and they use that yeah. as additional database to then find the Zindi later. There you go. There Much you better mean. episode. Yeah. Which Perfect. is relevant today and would have been yep. possible back then because social media was just starting yep. we had myspace although that's to do with the same guy who ruined twitter but there we go um and and so on and facebook was coming out as well so it all makes sense there we go yep. ah you see we we tied it all together we brought it all in um yes uh so yeah we're currently on twitter with temple trek and with uh nexus knights and i'm on a loads of other podcasts that i've mentioned before uh, so join us next week as we go into uh, season three, episode 56 of the podcast, season three, episode four of Enterprise, as we meet Rajin, whoever she may be, or they may be. There we go. Zero minutes, zero seconds. As always, I will see you in the next time stream. Good night. Hey, look at that. Timing, mate. Timing. Nice, nice. We don't even need all the other ones. We'll probably just do the <laughs> same thing with Rajin as well. Oh, God, we've got Rajin. Yes. <laughs> right. I'll see you in the next one. Uh, ignore the second extinction. We'll go into uh, regi- the first regime, and then yep. it's then it's labelled right on my computer. Cool. When five minutes? Yeah, cool. five minutes. Take your time. All right, mate. I'll see you in a bit. See you in a bit.
I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temple Trick Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temple Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty-free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream.